Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. Steam Up the Classroom is a podcast where we talk about education and integrating science, technology, engineering, art, and math into the classroom. I'm Tori Cameron, and I started this podcast in order to learn from the experts of STEAM around me. Each episode, we have a guest on the show from the fields of education, business, nonprofits, or others related to STEAM. My hope for this podcast is to learn something that I can incorporate into my classroom and for you, the listeners, to do so as well. On today's episode, we have Mandy Figlioli. She is the assistant to the superintendent and curriculum specialist in Burgettstown, Pennsylvania. She is a mayor space aficionado and innovator for her district. I am so happy to have her Skyping in for this podcast. Welcome, Mandy. Hi, Tori. I'm also excited to be here. Yeah, this is so fun. You're our first Skype uh, guest. <laughs> Um, I'm so glad that you're here. And um, earlier when we were talking, we were talking about how we became friends because I'm in Massachusetts and you're in Pennsylvania. And we met on the education conference, um, the summer conference, right? This past year? Yeah, mm -hmm, over the summer. Yeah. Um, so if anyone is wondering, um, the education closet, um, they're... A big website for all sorts of different STEAM and integrating arts. Um, they throw a summer conference and a winter conference that's all um, online and you get to hear from people all over the world and I was so lucky to be one of the presenters this past summer and from then I gained a lot of new friends and Mandy is one of them. So this is so cool that we have you on the podcast all the way from Pennsylvania. <laughs> It's so nice to actually be able to talk to you, Tori. Yeah, I know. I feel like we've been Twitter friends for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's nice to talk off the talk for real. <laughs> yeah. This is so great. Maybe maybe someday we'll meet in real life. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So you have done some incredibly amazing things in your district, and I basically want to spend this episode with you tooting your horn and letting everyone know all the amazing things that you guys are doing and giving uh, everyone that's listening ideas on what they can bring to their districts or their classrooms and maybe some resources on what they can do to find different ways that they can bring that stuff to their um, education purposes and all that razzmatazz. So um, <laughs> do not feel like you have to be humble. Please tell us everything amazing that you're doing. Um, starting with um, the Children's Museum of Pittsburgh's Kickstart Making in Schools project that you guys are a part of. Yes, we about two years ago, uh, the spring of 2015, we had the opportunity to apply for a, pro a program called Kickstart Making in Schools. We are fortunate to be, Burgettstown is about 20 minutes west of Pittsburgh. So we're really fortunate to be, although we're a rural community, very fortunate to have access to the resources of Pittsburgh, truly a, a thriving place for education right now. So the Children's Museum selected 10 schools to participate in this project and what it consisted of was us um, transforming one of our classrooms into a makerspace. They would help us with the program. They would help us with the design uh, implementation. They would do staff training, but we had to do raise the money ourselves on Kickstarter. Oh, wow. So we went out that summer and uh, they taught us how to make videos um, using iVideo 
they um, helped us make our video and then we launched a Kickstarter campaign 30-day campaign that fall and our goal was to raise 5,000 and we raised $7,500 oh, in 30 days yeah we had really a lot of support from the community local businesses the staff the students it truly was a fun and amazing experience so we were able to fund not just the one makerspace at the elementary center but we were also able to put in a makerspace in our high school library um, so oh, we wow. kind of transformed our high school library too. We still have our books, um, but we also have, um, it's got a lot of flexible spaces um, for learning. Uh, part of the library is just for making. Uh, the custodians weren't thrilled about the mess, um, <laughs> but they've learned to embrace it. They now bring me trash for upcycling. Oh, Everybody perfect. Kinda, yes, everybody's all in. They know I'm the, the collector and keeper ah, of trash. Shout out for um, cardboard, right? <laughs> absolutely. That's why I loved your cardboard session. <laughs> have you ever seen the cardboard screws, the box rivets? Um, I'm not sure. They're fantastic. They allow you to, they, you put them in and it connects the cardboard and they can still move. So I use those for my son's Valentine's Day box this year. Oh, I made a really what? cool dinosaur that the arms are able to move. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like I need to find that right rivets. now. Yes. They're called box rivets oh, cool. and they are fan, they are a fantastic little tool um, for cardboard. So, you know, that's kind of how we got our start and we started um, slow. We also got a steam grant from a local intermediate unit, which are just little hubs throughout the state that support the school districts in training, understanding state initiatives. So we also had a $20,000 grant. And so we got a ton of stuff, uh, you know, high tech things. We were yeah. able to supply the low tech things um, through the money from the Kickstarter campaign, but we were able to get a lot of really cool tools, um, Cubelets, Sphero, uh, little bits, Makey Makeys. So we were really able to stock these spaces, oh, wow. um, high and low tech. So the next step was, and I have to say, I'm, I'm so proud of my staff. I'm so very fortunate to work in a district where uh, the staff trusts me. They sometimes on first and um, at the first sound of it, they're a little concerned of what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, but they're always on board to give me a chance and uh, to travel the journey with me. So we trained the staff that year. We put them in a lot of hands-on experiences, um, design challenges, prototyping the children's museum came out brought them through the design process so i think that was a really important piece of it for us was good pd not just telling them hey we're going to do this you're going to do this but also giving them the tools and the training and the support and the encouragement to do it yeah um and, and letting it them was, it sounds like you guys let them do the activities too Yes, absolutely. We, we really did spend a lot of time making sure that the professional development was thoughtful and immersive. We wanted it to be a good experience um, because really it was it was new to us, um, you know, as far as making goes. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that hands-on, minds-on learning is effective, you know, but you, you're competing with things like state testing, standards-based curriculums. Oh, and so I think they just needed to hear me say, trust me. It's okay. This mm -hmm. is this is what's best for kids. We know this is what's best for kids, and it's okay to step away from your traditional instruction and and give the kids a chance to take the keys and and, and be in the driver's seat. Um, so that first year was really just shifting mindsets about how we were going to deliver instruction. And, um, you know, we're still learning. We have a lot of tools that, you know, we're still learning to use. The kids are fearless. They dive right in. Uh, we learn from them a lot. Yep. Um, it, it really was that first year was just exciting and amazing. And, you know, we continue to build and learn off of each other. It is definitely not something that is a finished product. 
Um, you know, now we're at the point where we're trying to make certain that the teachers know, you know, the makerspace isn't the only place for making, mm-hmm. you know, this can happen in your classroom. I'm starting to see um, teachers have steam bins, you know, in the, in their classrooms, instead of morning work, I'm seeing bins for the kids Ooh. to tinker in. And so what started as little pockets of innovation is really um, has become contagious and uh, I'm seeing it everywhere. And, you know, that's just something that makes me really proud to be a part of the community and the staff. Yeah, absolutely. That's so exciting, too. Um, Like, I know it can be kind of scary to start something new, but once everyone gets so excited and on board, I feel like the energy just kind of flows and everyone feeds off each other and gets excited. Oh, you're trying this. Oh, I want to try that, too. And it's just so great to hear that you have such a positive experience and positive district towards this big change. Yeah, I, I really can't say enough about them. They've been, like I said, I they know when I say, oh, I have an idea. Uh, they're, they're, everyone's like, oh, God, <laughs> what is she going to do? What is she thinking? Um, but, you know, it's truly, it, it's not, uh, like I said, it's not a finished product. We are, you know, constantly trying to evolve and learn and really make sure that we are meeting the kids where they are. They are, you know, our student population is different than they were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that we you know, content is free. Now you kids can get content anywhere. They can Google anything. So we need to bring something else to the table that is going to get the kids engaged and, and get their buy-in. So yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. You don't really think about how much is out there and until a kid comes in and says, Oh, well I was reading blah, blah, blah last night or whatever they mm-hmm. were doing. And then you're like, Oh geez, <laughs> there's so yeah, much out there that, for you to learn an from. identity, you know, for a teacher, you know, a traditional teacher, a teacher who's a veteran and been in the craft a long time, you know, your identity as a teacher was, you know, you were the person on the stage, you were the Mm -hmm. person who brought all the content. And, you know, those roles we know have shifted, right? The paradigm has shifted. And, you know, so that's really where trust and empowerment comes into play and making sure that they know that, you know, you, you are the expert in the classroom, you are the expert of learning and the facilitator of the classroom, but no longer is the teacher, you know, the, the keeper of the content. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And it's okay, too. Right. It's okay. It, but for... it is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's scary for some teachers. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's be- that they don't want to change and they don't want to meet students where they are, but it is, it, it changes your identity of, of how you perceived yourself in your profession. And, and that's something that, you know, I really try to work through with the teachers and understand helping them feel um, empowered and get, still get that gratification from the job. You know, I think sometimes teachers feel like if, if an administrator would walk by and they weren't in the front of the room Mm -hmm. that they're not working or they're not teaching. And, and so that's something that, you know, we've had to communicate our expectations as far as, you know, we're not, we're not, don't be shy. We're not afraid of chaos. We're not afraid of a mess. Um, you know, just go ahead and, and let loose a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And also just if like the kids have something that's exciting to them and maybe you don't know so much about it, but they're excited about it and they can, you can facilitate them getting the ball rolling or something like that. It's so great to see what they come up with and to have that flexibility from the administration and, and allowing that creativity to flow because it's not absolutely it's not everywhere that um the administration is okay with um string from the boxed curriculum or whatever program it is that they right. have so it's so great to hear that you guys 
support yeah. and support your teachers, but and full disclosure, kids. Tori. You know, we are a rural district, um, high poverty district, mm-hmm. and our test scores aren't the greatest. And, you know, that, I think that scares teachers as well. Like, what do we do? And I tell them, stay the course, stay the course. You know, we're seeing the fruits of our labor, you know, test testing is important. I understand that that's how we're judged. Um, But I truly believe that if you empower kids and they're engaged in learning and they're they're, the buy-in is there, that they're going to want to work hard and that they're going to increase the rigor on their own. Um, so, you know, we're working through that. I think that too, that it's important that schools know that, you know, sometimes when your test scores are bad, you're thinking, oh, we got, we better focus on the test and, you know, ki- resilient mm-hmm. kids, hardworking kids that have stamina to read, write, listen, speak these, that's how kids become successful, even on the test. So right. we're staying the course, even in the face of um, not ideal test scores. Yeah. And also having them do different things like STEM projects and problem solving through STEM, they're learning skills for life. And those skills are going to be helpful when they do take the different tests and have to, um, you know, show what they know. And I, I think I talked about this with Linda in episode one, where there's so much research right now with um, having kids go out and do things hands-on and in the real world like when we talked about farming and how there's Mm -hmm. such a positive impact through farming and with test scores and there's such a I know there's research I don't have it in front of me but I've like read up on it that there's research kind of the same with STEM where they do the hands-on learning and they um, do the different problem solving and the projects and their scores go up even if they're not learning the, you know, the, so to speak, like the textbooks. Right. Textbook Did you ever learning. see the film Most Likely to Succeed? No. What I highly it? encourage you to see it. It's a documentary about a public charter school in California that is called High Tech High is the name of the school. Yeah. But they really kind of ditch traditional education and go sh- completely project-based learning. And it really challenges the um, the notion of our traditional education system and our you know our our attachment to the core subjects and I and I you know I value those things but there there's also so much more that the kids can bring to the table right and when you let those things naturally integrate mm-hmm. you know you can really see some powerful learning it's they it used to be that you had to pay it, we we did a community showing of it we showed it to the staff um, it definitely is thought provoking and and is great dialogue so if you ever get the chance to either attend a showing host the showing um it's called most likely to succeed and it is a powerful documentary about education i'm definitely going to look that up you will love it it's right up your alley awesome oh i'm so excited i love things like that (laughs) oh you um it was it was fantastic truly i've seen it three times and i i love it even more every time i see it that's awesome i get so like motivated and pumped when i see stuff like that oh i get i get goosebumps from an educational documentary (laughs) we're on the same page we are on the same page Uh i love Uh, it i can't help it yeah uh this is why we get along so great in the twitter sphere and you know now in real life Um, (laughs) so you also have done some amazing things with the innovation course with invention land. And I'd love if we could talk about that. So when you sent that to me, I had never heard of invention land and I looked it up online and it looks absolutely incredible. And I feel like I need to take a road trip this summer to go see it. Nothing would give me greater pleasure for you to come to Pittsburgh. Ah, 
the the museums here are phenomenal. Yeah, there are Uber's here. Uh, Amazon is thinking about being here. There's oh, a Google wow. headquarters. Um, there are so many amazing things to see. That's um, awesome. Invention Land is we. Uh, my, my, again, the intermediate unit, the little education hubs throughout the state for teachers and administrators, mm-hmm. they, they did a tour. They took, they provided a tour out there. And so I went and, um, I, I can't even describe to you this place. You walk into the CEO's office, um, George Davison, and, you know, they give you the spiel about, you know, primarily they are an invention factory all day. People bring ideas to them. They take the idea, bring it through the design process to prototype then to con you know concept model to prototype they do the packaging they do the pitch they have tv studios so they're trying to get people's products to market so you go in and you it looks like a typical warehouse go into the ceo's office and his bookcase goes into the wall and you walk into this um it's like willy wonka meets disney world yeah there's all these little sets um, and so you have the pirate ship where they design toys. You have the mother Hubbard's nursery where they design baby products. You have, uh, there's a tree house that is dry erase from full ceiling to floor, oh my God. uh, and with a slide and everything. And that's where the CEO does a lot of his work. Um, cause that's every time awesome. they give tours all day. So his office, he's getting kicked out of his office ah. all the time. <laughs> you have a speedway, you have like, um, they, where they do moto, moto, um, automotive design, things like that. And so I go on this tour and I'm like completely intrigued by this place. And, you know, they are, they're, they've created a course, the innovation course that puts kids in that situation. It's like a shark tank experience. Oh my God. That's they exactly go through the entire I design about. process. I love shark tank. <laughs> I love shark tank. My son, my 10 year old son too, is just absolutely addicted to it. And so the course lets the kids have that shark tank experience. You go through the nine step design process and it, I mean, the course is so fantastic the way it, I've never seen a, you know, I'm not a huge fan of a curriculum in a can as I like to call it, mm-hmm. but I will say that the, the, the innovation course was just so comprehensive from start to finish. Uh, we had a new tech ed teacher in that year and she taught the course and it really scaffolded well. Um, you know, we're still continuing to personalize it, make it our own, but yeah. right out of the gate, the kids are faced with what problems are you having? What problems are in your life? What can you do to solve the problem? So then immediately, you know, we had our winner was he kept seeing the teachers not be able to get their board, dry erase boards completely clean. Oh yeah. And so he ended up, you know, he went through that entire process and he created this, um, he called it the blazer eraser attaches to the board. It, it's like a napkin dispenser and it, you pull out wet wipes, dry erase, wet wipes oh, so cool. that you constantly have a stash of them. Um, and then they pitch my, we're close enough to invention land that the kids actually, once they've gone through the process and we were fortunate to have grant funding to pay for the course, mm-hmm. we were also able to obtain 3d printers, a laser engraver. And so the wow. kids go back out to invention land and pitch to the C- to the CEO. So cool. Um, amazing experience. The kids loved it. And then the second semester that we did it, we did a practice shark tank with um, local businesses. Oh my God. And That's we had them come in and they loved it. It was something that we thought, Oh, we'll try it. We're always trying to build community partnerships. And they were, they were calling us at the beginning of the year this year. Hey, are we going to do that again this year? <laughs> you know, we really love that. That's but, awesome. Um, the kids love the course. It's, you know, it's customized right out of the gate. And, and that's challenging for teachers to really differentiate and, and let it be about the kid's passion and mm-hmm. interest, you know. But once they choose their, prod- their problem, 
once they choose their problem and select their product, then they are able to just run with it. And, you know, they're coming in on study halls. They want to stay after school. You know, they, and all the curriculum is cloud-based. So, you know, she didn't give homework, but they would work from home. Yeah. You know, it really was just a course that they loved. And, you know, we experienced great success with it. Happy to report that our student won the regional contest out in Benjamin. Yeah, they do a um, regional. Last year was the first year they did it. It's relatively new. This is only their um, third official year with implementation. They just released an elementary course um, that is also fantastic. So yeah, that was something that came along that was also so inspiring for me. Um, as an educator, so refreshing Mm -hmm. to see. um, And what I love most about it is they aren't educators. You know, they are, they're in it just because, you know, there's not politics involved or, you know, they just see the need for Mm -hmm. kids to have these kind of real world experiences. And, you know, they're, they're using time management. They're, they're getting organized. They're communicating with each other, collaborating with each other. It was just so organic um, and natural that it was truly amazing to see great experience for the students, the teacher, myself, the community. Um, we're just really, really proud of the work that our students did and, and the teacher as well. Absolutely. That, oh my gosh, that sounds so amazing. I wish, oh, I wish I could like bottle it up and bring it up to Massachusetts. No, it's, well, guess what they do? You can, I mean, you can buy it. We have, they have school, um, two schools out in California. They have some schools in West Virginia. It's all oh, cloud-based wow. curriculum. Okay. All right. So look into it. Yeah. Um, very reasonable. Um, you know, we it was for us at the price point was good. Awesome. I'm definitely gonna have to look into that. And then yes, just start whispering into the fun. admin's it, ear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Invention. And ha- Invention. have your admins call me if they have any questions, honestly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing. I'd be happy to share our experience. And you know what, Tori, I'll email you um a slideshow that I did kind of capturing the journey. Um, so you could even share it on the site, share it with your admin. Um, but yeah, truly really, really cool experience. And then if anyone's listening and wants to jump on board too, can they reach out to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd be happy to share and get you in touch with them. All right. Well, um, we'll talk about how they can contact you at the end of the episode. Sounds good. Um, But I was looking on the Adventureland website and there are pictures of the inside. It's like beautiful. You would never believe it. It's a warehouse on the outside. Yeah. And the people are working there. You're going through tours. You're touring the facility and there's people working on the pirate ship and there's, you know, somebody working in the motor speedway and, and, um, they do a lot of kitchen products, a lot of things for, um, they have Paula Deen, um, her, her brand, uh, a lot of the stuff that's, she makes Mm -hmm. is made through them. Um, so, I mean, when you walk into, you can see all the products that they've, um, put to market. That's so cool. They have and they have some a video series. They have a really awesome studio, and they do these dare to invent videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I, che- I they're on YouTube. I recommend you check them out. They have a, and they have a lot of fun. They have they get brain breaks. They get that as a business. Oh, cool. Yeah, they have um, like a little staff room where you can go play foosball. There's a pool table. Uh, there's a race car track that goes above the place where they work on um, automotive things oh, fun. that you can run. Yeah, I mean you're allowed to just take a brain break. Um, you know, there's no windows. Uh, you are truly immersed in this creative <laughs> environment. And that was Mr. Davison's goal was to create a workspace that was just oozing with creativity. And I mean, you can't help but be inspired. And when you're in there. Yeah. I mean, I was inspired just by going on the virtual tour. <laughs> it is. It's, it's the best. We bring the kids there um, every 
semester, beginning of the semester, we go once at the beginning for them to tour and kind of jumpstart the course. And then they go at the end again for the contest. And it's pretty, it's getting more and more competitive. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I believe it. Yes. That's so awesome. All right. Um, so you are so innovative with your maker spaces and so knowledgeable. Um, I would love it if we could talk about the makerspaces that you've started in your district and mm-hmm. um, what you've done to build them. Cause I'm sure you didn't start with an immaculate makerspace with thousands oh, of dollars. No. Right. Yeah. So yep. it would be great if we could talk about that and also how other districts or other teachers that are looking to create makerspaces, what they can do to start kind of from the ground up like say if they don't have any funding yet and but they really want to provide some kind of space for their absolutely um we still have we're still using our kickstarter money we did not the spaces did not cost uh, a ton of money at all we took an existing science lab um and we just kind of flipped it we kept the lab tables ordered new stools um we got some bean bags we made these really neat uh, this is the elementary space Mm -hmm. custom lego tables so they're these little ikea ten coffee tables, um, side tables, and you just put four 10 by 10 base plates on them. Um, so the, there's, we have those in there. We have a really colorful area rug. So you have the lab tables with the stools. So the students, and when they go in, they just take over. Uh, I love it. They move the furniture around and make it their (laughs) own. Um, and we also have my, my favorite piece. And I, I will say, you know, I'm relatively new to Twitter and my most popular tweet was when I put a picture of the, um, they're called roto bins. And they're just these bins that have, um, it's like a pole and then through the middle. And then you have four circular shelves that are divided like into like pie pieces almost. And it is so they're perfect for low tech making. They're really cheap. They're like 60 bucks. Um, so those were a really nice, you know, it's so important that everything's accessible to the kids so that they go in and, uh, you know, whether you've got high tech or low tech, you know, you can do like, we know you can do, you can make amazing things with cardboard. Mm -hmm. So it's not really all that much about the stuff. Um, if you can't afford the high tech stuff, a little hot glue and cardboard will take you a long way. And so true. Um, so yeah, love me some so, cardboard. <laughs> uh, me too, and some hot glue. I like the cool shot glue gun yeah. in the elementary. Or like the uh, the duct tape, mask yeah, tape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot of duct tape, more than I'm willing to admit. Um, I, did you laugh when you got that picture I sent you of me with the boxes of duct tape? Um, I was very impressed. Uh, I got if anyone's wondering, the picture is up on my website. Um, so, you know, we started with, you know, that at the elementary space. And so when, you know, you set up the space, um, you can use an existing space. You could use a piece of your classroom to just start, you know, collecting low tech things. You could go to the Dollar Tree for that kind of stuff. Have the kids start bringing in toilet paper rolls, um, you know, egg cartons, things like that. And so, you know, the elementary space was really it was quite simple to to establish. Um, you know, you have a lot of opportunity for flexible seating. It's very accessible. There were existing, um, you can just pull out these bins, these plastic bins. Um, so we encourage them to take the kids in and just let them explore, let them walk around, pull everything out, let them know what's available. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you want the students to ha- know the tools that are available to them and to be able to creatively and flexibly use them. It's really being fluent with the tools that are available to them. I think is so important because then when they're, when they go to make, um, and they're completing a project that they know all of their options, um, and they know how to use them. Uh, another really awesome piece that we put together was, um, a maker's library. One of my beefs, 
uh, my soapboxes is that literacy gets overlooked mm -hmm. in STEAM. You know, it's not even, it doesn't even have its own letter. Uh, but literacy is everything. You know, you're speaking, you're reading, you're writing, you're listening. And so we were able to, we put together an Amazon wish list of all of these different books about making, um, did a little bit of homework and research. And so we have over a hundred books um, that launch making experiences. Um, it, some of them are Lego books. Some of them um, uh, like Rosie Revere Engineer. I have all of her books. Okay. Um, the Dot, The Most uh, Magnificent Thing. Um, you know, so I have all these books that just really can launch discussion about um, being creative or even, you know, perseverance, growth mindset is something that um, is really a focus for us this year. So the elementary space was really just about making it accessible, making it flexible, um, and, you know, embracing the chaos and messiness. Yeah. You know, it was a place that, that the teachers could come and just kind of let free and, you know, not have to worry about making the mess in their own space. Um, the high school space, like I said, was in the library. So it was a little bit different. Yeah. We were really trying to change that traditional role of it being just a repository for books. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had, we rearranged the entire thing completely. The children's museum was fantastic in helping us with that vast space. Um, and so we were able to purchase some, some tables that were on wheels, some chairs, um, some wheelie chairs and, um, more, a little bit more, um, diverse tools up there. We, we bought some iPads, some flip cams, um, so that they could do some, you know, audio video production, mm -hmm. uh, hummingbird robotic kits. I'm not sure we're fortunate. We're close to Carnegie Mellon and a lot of things come out of the create lab out there. Um, mm -hmm. we had the opportunity last year to pilot a new product from them called flutter. Um, but the hummingbird kit is so diverse. It, you would love it. It, it, it marries well with cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are going to start to think we have a, think a cardboard thing. We, we do um, have a cardboard thing. Yeah, we well. do have a cardboard thing. <laughs> um, you know, so those tools are all available to them. Um, and on the other side of it, you know, we had a place where students could present. Um, you know, so we installed a new uh, new, new e-beam, like almost like a Promethean board document camera. We bought a set of Chromebooks, a set of streams, um, because a lot of things, the, the downfall of the Chromebook is you can't download software. Mm -hmm. So we needed to be able to download the software that accompanied the Hummingbird oh, um, yeah. robotics kits. And so we have a library media specialist um, that really is open to collaboration. Teachers can come in that, you know, they schedule themselves in the space and, you know, she's really great about meeting them where they are, the teachers, the students, and, you know, helping them think about creative ways to explore the content. Um, we do have the roto bins up there as well. Those are really, really popular. Um, the kids just love them. They're, you know, they're just so exciting to see them full um, and full with all the things that you could use to create. Um, so really, you know, setting up a makerspace is really just thinking about, you know, collectively, what are your goals? What are your goals as a, as a district, as a, as a school? Um, you know, what is success going to look like in that space? You know, maybe robotics, you maybe a school's not there yet. You know, maybe you start with the cardboard and the hot glue gun. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and you have to think about too, you know, every, you have to think about everybody when you're making that kind of shift. Like even like I said, the custodians, um, you know, making them understand why a pretty easy job, a pretty easy space to clean was now a disaster. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, they've been great. So it's really just making sure that, you know, all the stakeholders understand, um, what you're trying to accomplish. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really an easy sell because it's making steam. It's really not new. Um, you know, we know back to constructivism, you know, and John Dewey, he's, I'm a huge fan. Uh, it, it makes sense. You know, kids learn by doing mm -hmm. that's something that you can call it a million different things. Um, but making, I feel like is timeless. 
Uh, it's not going anywhere. The research, like you said, is out there. It supports it. Um, you know, so really it's just figuring out what works for you. What are your, some of the goals that you already have in place? What are your overarching curriculum goals? And, you know, just putting yourself out there and taking risks and you're going to fail. You know, we tell the kids that I tell the teachers that it's okay. You know, that's a teachable moment in itself. It's the first attempt in learning. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, really learn so much from having something not work out the first time too. And that's all about the engineering design process too. It's, um, it's, trying again fixing what didn't work and trying again and you learn so much about what you need to fix in order to make it work and Absolutely. I feel like they learn more when they have to do that than when they actually first come up with whatever it is they want to make right you know and I, mean? I think that the shift it's, it's a hard shift sometimes for a teacher where you know before it was all about the product mm-hmm. you know and the final product that final grade that final result and you know what with with the design process it's really you know it's about the process it's learning through the process and developing those skills that you wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to practice right. at school yeah um so there's it's so, it's such a powerful process um I, it's it's just, whole... I just love to see kids in action and I love when a kid's like I'm done yeah. what are you done? Could you make it better? Could yeah. you do something differently? Um, you know, so that's, that's been awesome to watch. I love seeing whole, the kids. It's a whole different I love way pushing of thinking them. too for them. Absolutely. Design thinking. It's not, I feel like it's, it really gets them out of their comfort zone at first. And then once mm-hmm. they realize how amazing it is and amped that they can create different things and, and, have a positive experience I feel like that's when the floodgates open and every kid wants to get into the makerspace or create something and then you have the long line of kids that want to join in and and they're all talking about it I mean can you you can probably count on your hand the kids that aren't into it there's probably like five kids in the whole school they're like "Eh, you know what though there is I will say this something that I've learned is that some of the older students um, are are accustomed and ingrained in transactional learning. Yeah. You tell me what to do, I do what you say, you give me an A. That's true. You know, so there are some, yeah, and I will say that that rocks some people's worlds right mm-hmm. out of the gate. You know, it's like, wait, 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 just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. And you say, no, you're gonna, you're gonna have an idea and you're gonna work through the process and it might fail and you, and it's, I mean, so even for some kids that are, you know, high achieving students, sometimes the lesson for them experiencing failure and learning it in a safe and comfortable place is a great lesson to learn before you go out into college or the workforce, you know, and so that's, that's definitely something that I didn't expect. You know, I thought every kid's going to love this. Every kid's going to want to do this, but there are some kids that have been in a traditional system for so long Mm -hmm. that they're just used to that. Right. Um, they're, so that's they're what really frustrated. trying to break down that wall. Yeah. They get frustrated with um, not having like a strict plan. Yes. You know what I mean? Of yes. things that they have to check off. Exactly. When they have like the freedom, they don't know what to do with it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I feel like we're getting there. You, get, we, you know, every year I call them the little pockets of innovation. Yeah. And the pockets are starting to f- fall out the bottom. They're getting much bigger and much larger. And, um, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm really proud it was, um, it was definitely new for us. We had went to the year before we got the grant from the children's museum, we had went to a Carnegie science museum, um, very awesome museum in Pittsburgh, the science center. And we did this STEM 
training and you had to do this rubric where you scored where you were at as far as innovation goes. We Uh-oh. were at ground zero. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was no doubt about it. I was three months into my position, was so excited, took a team out, you know, and we're sitting around the table like, okay, we are definitely at ground zero. Um, you know, and my, I always tell them slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Um, but that children's museum project was such a catalyst for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't thank them enough. They're such a great resource, not just to us, but to the region, to schools, to children in general, it's just such an amazing place for kids, the museum itself. So I, they know how much I appreciate them yeah. and the work that they did for us. Shout out to the children's museum of Pittsburgh. Absolutely. If anyone is ever Absolutely. in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's a good one. It, yeah. Hey, Pittsburgh's worth the trip. Like I said, lot city of bridges, Lots of awesome things to see. Yeah. Well, if this is City of Bridges, then yes. I mean, how much engineering do you have going on there? Oh, yeah. Lots of it. It is. <laughs> lots of engineering. Lots of engineering happening. That's Manufacturing's so cool. making a comeback for us as well. Huh. Um, that's something also exciting to see. A um, lot of push from the, from the manufacturing workforce, too, to uh, educate kids about the careers in manufacturing. We participated last year in a manufacturing video challenge so they take middle schoolers pair them up with um a business and they have to make a video to promote the business and what's cool about manufacturing and so last year we were uh, partnered with a place called horman doors Uh, it's a place that sells doors and so (laughs) the kids went out you know toured the factory and you know then we worked together to make the video and happy to report we won oh congratulations (laughs) It was a People's Choice Award, so we we voted obnoxiously. (laughs) Hey, it doesn't matter. You won. But the video was awesome. The kids were fantastic. And, you know, now I'm seeing that group of kids, you know, train other kids, encourage other kids, help the teachers when they're trying to create their own videos. So that really, you know, I'm really seeing what I love most about what I'm really starting to see this year is a shared leadership and learning. You know, the teachers are leading and learning. The kids are leading and learning. I'm, I'm leading, but always learning. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really great place. Um, and a great time to be in Burgettstown uh, yeah, for everyone. Absolutely. We're, we're, and we're muddling, muddling through the test score, um, debacle, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're going to stay the course, yeah. do what's best for the kids. Absolutely. And I love that you keep talking about the different businesses that you guys have partnered with, because a lot of, a lot of districts and educators, they don't realize what's out there. You know what I mean? Um, right. like for example, we're so close to Boston where I am and Boston has so many different businesses and so many colleges. And there's, I feel like there's so much at our fingertips, but we just don't know where to start sometimes. And same with the businesses. They, they want to be in the districts and they want to um, get involved with students, but they don't know where to begin. So it's so great that you guys have that partnership that you're building. And I hope it's inspirational for anyone that's listening to reach out to any local businesses or local universities that there's resources out there that they can definitely jump on board with and maybe there isn't a program yet but you prompting the question and asking hey like would you guys want to partner with us or would you want to come in and talk to the kids about what you do at your job or things like that or have us come on tour I feel like that could easily start a great partnership um, between schools and the districts and we have in Massachusetts um I've been a part of the Southeastern Mass STEM Network, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a network that 
brings together different businesses and school districts all around Southeastern Mass, but they also have, um, for the different sections of Massachusetts, they have different networks um, that all build off of one network obviously like through Massachusetts yeah Um, definitely powerful it makes you feel like you know it's not you're not you're sharing the journey right you're sharing the challenges that every that you face in the schools um and we we're a small town Mm -hmm. you know so and it can happen in a small town in a big town you know sometimes all you have to do is just ask exactly yeah yeah and just having that opportunity for the kids to learn a different way I feel like that's really what they need they need to have real life applications and the people that are in the professional jobs come and tell them about it and get them involved in it and ask them to come to the businesses and have them take tours and and all of that so that they can see where the connection is made because when the kids are building for stem or they're creating sometimes they don't realize that they can make a career out of it or Uh, you bring a very good very good point tori you know, and, and I know all the states are putting in their ESSA plans and, you know, college and career um, readiness are huge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is something that schools need to, I know schools are thinking, okay, how are we going to meet these standards? How are we going to meet these needs? The community is, you're right, such a good resource. There are lots of um, occupations in the community, bring them in. You know, a lot of times there are careers that kids haven't even heard of yeah. or thought of. And, you know, like I said, we talked about contents free you can they can you can bring in any expert if there's not a you know if a student wants to be a marine biologist you know you may not have one in town but you can find one on the internet exactly you know and I'm seeing more and more people willing to to talk um even you know being on twitter and having reading a book and talking with the author you know Mm -hmm. there's so many ways to connect um that's that's the beautiful thing about the 21st century and we really need to take all those opportunities and and to combine them to make really powerful learning experiences. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's what gets the kids excited and and thinking about what they can do. I mean, how many times do you ask kids, not like you in general, but people in general say, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> but if you don't tell them like what the opportunities are out there for them, then maybe their job, it hasn't even been created yet. Maybe, Agreed. maybe they'll be the creator. You know what I mean? So if you have... The opportunity, yeah, just, I would, I'm just like preaching, but like jump on it, people. (laughs) I know. Agreed. Agreed. It's a free, free resource. Everybody loves free resources. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so great. Oh, talking to you has been so amazing. Is there anything else that, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else that you want to talk about or um, ask or bring up or anything? You know what, Tori, I just want to encourage educators to, you know, expand your, your network. I I can say that getting on Twitter, meeting people like you and having that affirmation that you're, you're not alone in this, in this job. It is a very, very challenging, but probably I think the most rewarding profession Mm -hmm. that's out there. And if you can expand your network and make your world, your small world, just a little bit bigger, um, you can learn some amazing things and meet some amazing people. So I just really encourage people to, you know, you don't have to come up with all the answers yourself. You don't have to know every answer. You just need to be someone who's willing to find problems, willing to solve problems and, um, you know, reach out, build your network. Yeah, absolutely. And just you saying that it's so true. When I first started realizing how much I love STEM a few years ago, 
I started looking on Twitter and different social media and seeing like what's out there. And from there, I mean, my Twitter account first started because just because I wanted to be on Twitter. But from Mm -hmm. there, I've realized all the different people that I've met and the topics that can be discussed on Twitter. And I up until probably right before the education closet conference, I didn't realize how many people were as into STEM as I was. I knew it was a buzzword, but I wasn't sure, you know, that people were talking about it. And after I realized that, then I feel like my whole um, world has grown and all the different people that I've met from it and this podcast, I mean, that's come out of meeting all the different people and wanting them to come on like you and, and getting to talk to them. And it's just so cool. Like this morning, Shout out to my Australian friends. I, I saw you on Twitter them. this morning, yeah, primary STEM chat. <laughs> they're, they're pro- they are tweeting at 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. And I'm at 6 a.m. But it's so worth it. Every Thursday morning, I'm like, yes. <laughs> Gets me to jump right out of bed and, and join in their like conversation. I know, seriously, right? <laughs> my personality doesn't need double shot Yeah, you need them. I laugh when I see your gifts because that is totally me. <laughs> Too much energy. People see me coming down the hall. They just move out of the way. <laughs> I call it. Oh, I'm on, I'm on a mission. <laughs> I call it the Leslie Nope personality. Shout out to Parks and Recreation, my favorite TV show. <laughs> just gonna put that out there. Um, but yeah, no, it's just so great. And I, you wouldn't think that this world could be so small when you can meet all the people because it it sounds so huge with all the different um, ideas that are flowing through. But once you start getting to talk to people, you realize that. Being able to talk to people in Australia, 12 hours ahead of us, a whole half a world away, it, it's so easy to be able to talk with them and become friends with them. And it's just, it's so great to be able to, to do this. And thank you for doing this for educators. Oh, um, taking your own time out of, you know, in your evening and, you know, we need everybody to contribute, truly. It is a a community of learners is is the best way for everyone to succeed. And so I appreciate you doing this for us. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I hope I don't start crying. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So if anyone would like to reach out to you, how can they do so? Uh, You can follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Mrs. Fig makes. And um, I don't mind taking emails either. It's Mandy Figlioli, M-A-N-D-I. F as in Fred, I-G-L-I-O-L-I at gmail.com. So if there is anything I can do to support you, um, Tori, if you want to share that Padlet that I had shared with you, yeah. uh, the making of a makerspace, just some of the resources I've collected over the years um, that were instrumental in our startup, um, happy to share that. Uh, happy to help you um, with whatever you would need. And if it's not something I specialize in, then it's maybe I can point you in the direction of a teacher in that content, in that grade level. Um, But I will say that the staff is always happy to share and we are, we're here to support you. Yeah, absolutely. I will link up uh, the Padlet and your Twitter account on my website, okay. steamuptheclassroom.com. And for anyone that's been listening since episode one, um, I ha- have the website now. So um, it's officially steamuptheclassroom.com. And I also, being so inspired, um, I changed my Twitter handle too. So I'm now steamuptheclassroom, but it's C L S. 
rm at the end class yeah you got those characters right? are, are precious you gotta <laughs> you gotta shorten it when you can I know. well it didn't all fit um but if anyone wants to reach out um to me they can do so via twitter or on uh, the web page and if they're looking to get in contact with you then they can absolutely absolutely do so um through me as well and uh and yeah, if anyone's interested in joining us or joining the podcast, um, reach out that way too. And hopefully we'll have you back on. I want to, I feel like I need an update for how the school year is going and, and hopefully I see you as a conference presenter some, someday. Oh, you too, education Tori. Closet. That's always the plan is always the plan is to, you know, reach out to as many people as you can. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or maybe you and I will just create our own conference someday. Sounds good to me. <laughs> all right. I'm all in. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mandy. This no has problem, been Tori. So great. It was such a pleasure talking with you. Yeah. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Have a wonderful night. Thanks.